This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. On today's show, we've got a listener question from Rachel about the secondary application. The Short Coats are going to write a cookbook for med students, and we need your help to make it a success. We got a workout regimen for busy ortho residents who just don't get enough exercise as it is. And the AMA wants to ban assault weapons. And we play a little game with my co-host today. Uh, Kylie Miller. Hey. Gabe Conley. Hello. Mark Mubarak. What up? Maybe Aline will join us later. Not real sure. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you for coming today. We, ha- we have a lot to do today, so I wanna just jump right in. So also in the room, Dan Schnall. Hello. He is our admissions guru. What would you, what's your real title? It's really long. Admissions uh, and Enrollment Services Coordinator, I believe, is the oh. official title. All right. I brought you here today, Dan, because we have this quite listener question from Rachel. She's got a very Midwestern, strikes me as a very Midwestern concern <laughs> about her secondary application. Let's hear from Rachel. Hey. Just wanted to say you guys have an amazing podcast and I love listening in every week. Thank you. Yes. I was wondering if I could get advice on my secondary applications, mostly on how to make sure I'm selling myself well without coming across as bragging. Any tips are much appreciated. Thanks. Pretty brief question, not a lot of detail there. Um, so the secondary, remind us, Dan, what do you, what do we think Rachel is referring, what question specifically do we think Rachel might be referring to on secondary applications? Not just for us, but for the wider world. Sure. So there's, there's kind of two important parts to the application process. You've got the AMCAS, that this, it's going to be the same for every school that you apply to. But on top of that, secondary applications that are going to be different based on which school you're applying to. So our secondary application happens to have five questions, but other schools may have certainly different questions, different numbers of things they're asking. Um, so within a secondary, it's definitely important to to remember a couple of things. Um, first off is it's it's different than the, the AMCAS application. It's school specific. So you can focus on the things that are pertinent to that particular school. Uh, but it's also important the way that you, you say things. If you're applying to a, a research focused program and you're not talking at all about research, it, it might stand out to that particular program. So, so these are questions that the, these are questions that the school in particular wants answers to about you. They want to get to know you. Yes, yes. And so our questions, there are a couple of questions that are asking students to give more information about kind of what their background is or why they're interested in attending our school. But at another school, their secondary may be entirely different and have a different focus. So kind of some general advice I would have to answer that question. Um, number one is you've got a show don't tell. Um, There are things that we're looking for in an application that you can't just spell out as, I'm mature, (laughs) or I have moral character. You've really got to show that you have it by the experiences that you have and the description that you have of the experience. Um, We see a lot of physician shadowing, for example, within an application. 
but something that could separate a successful application from an unsuccessful application is someone who tells more about not just the fact that they shadowed, but what they learned from that shadowing experience, as opposed to just saying they did it for 50 hours and listing the doctor and their Mm -hmm. contact information. So think about it from the perspective of a committee member is going to look through thousands of applications that have done the same, people have done the same types of things. So you can separate yourself by explaining in a balance of the details of what you did, but also what you learned from that experience and what your, what your main takeaways are that might separate you from that other person who did 50 hours of shadowing or 100 hours of shadowing, whatever it was, but just left it at that as opposed to detailing it. So that's, so if you were bragging, for instance, you would be like, well, I shadowed a bazillion hours mm-hmm. um, versus as if you were actually addressing the intent of the question. That's not bragging. That's automatically um, being responsive to the question, just answering the question. And telling, not showing. Right. Like that's like the key of what you said. Um, Daniel, what are some mistakes people make? Uh, aside from not answering the question? Well, I think a lot of times when you don't provide the details that are things that you're very familiar with, that your reader may not be familiar with, it can really make it hard for someone to understand what you did in a particular experience. So we can use shadowing, for example, as one of the one of the examples. There's a lot of different shadowing experiences you could get, and if a physician or a committee member is reading your application, they're generally going to have an idea of what that experience might be like. But if you were involved in an extracurricular activity that perhaps they didn't offer at that particular committee member's school, or if that committee member hasn't heard about that organization for the past 20 or 30 years, it's important to detail what you did as part of that experience as opposed to just assuming that your reader knows what it is. Um, You don't want to have them need to do extra work to Google what Relay for Life is, for example, to learn what that organization is. Don't make any assumptions about your readers, but make every word count. Be as concise as possible. Um, balance the details with what you learned from a particular experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen on a <laughs> secondary application? <laughs> might, have been, might have been on mine. I don't know. Well, you're here. So. I, I made it. Um, <laughs> my personal favorite would have to be someone who put that they were the uh, they they won their fantasy football league. <laughs> nice. Oh wow. On the application. It's a big deal, but you know. it's it's pretty it's a big deal because in 12 years I've never won mine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, it also but also just shows that they're a person and that yeah. they do other things outside of try to get into medical school. So and there there are a couple of ways to look at this though because it kind of depends on what the rest of your application is whether that might be something that's appropriate or not. And there are other, every committee member might have a different feeling about something like that. Um, I think that there are certain things that show that you're a real person. There are other things that might show that you're involved in other experiences that don't pertain specifically to medicine, for example, that are important. But you also wouldn't necessarily want to be that applicant where the committee reads all these great things about you, yet their takeaway is that you are a a champion of your your fantasy league. It, It might... Beatbox uh, it, Pro. Yeah. <laughs> Professional <laughs> cat petter. <laughs> it could help you, but it could also work against you. So you have to kind of be careful and, and think things through. It's kind of like the Super Bowl commercial that hits on a, like, a really funny thing, but you have no idea right. what the product is or what the the person, you know, anything behind that commercial at all. Like, yeah. be That's goofy. all you remember is the weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say, like, be goofy at your own peril. Like... <laughs> 
Potentially, it could help you, but be ready for the negative as well if you're going to yeah. try to do something like that. And it also comes down to what else is on your application. You know, you have 15 AMCAS experiences. If you list 14 great <laughs> things yeah. and then the 15th is kind of a little bonus that you've, you know, whatever it is, um, your fantasy football, um, that's great. But if you've got four things and then your fifth mm-hmm. thing is something like that, then it kind of stands out that you don't have as much as, as someone else. So did they list that as an AMCAS activity or in a this secondary? Was, this was on an AMCAS experience list. This was number number 14 or 15 on someone's okay. AMCAS list, but it yeah. still it still stood out. <laughs> All right. Uh, Daniel, thank you for helping to answer that question. Um, Rachel, I also wanted to uh, point you over to medicalschoolhq.net, where my friend Ryan Gray has a ton of question and answer sessions on secondary applications. Uh, if you haven't checked him out, um, I would say he's good. He's a good uh, a good resource. Uh, so go give him him a listen and tell him I sent you. Um, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I won my league once. Yeah, same here. Psh. Second year, <laughs> I used the winnings to buy myself. We didn't have a trophy at the time, yeah. so of course that's what the winnings went towards. How long's your league been going? What did you uh, buy yourself? Year six. I went online and bought a bronze trophy. Oh, yeah. You brought- <laughs> like, I had everybody present it to me. Like, yeah. You just needed something yeah. tangible. I think there was like $30 left after, and I used like 20 of it to get like a check, like that's, yay in size. That's like awesome. 14 bucks. Good for you. Kylie, yesterday you sent me a very excited email. <laughs> it, there were a lot of, of exclamation points, not only in your email to me, but then in my email back. Uh, tell us what your big idea was for the show. So I'm like, you know, studying for my radiology exam that is in 50 minutes exactly from this point in time. And uh, I was standing in my kitchen eating a microwave steamed potato. Uh, <laughs> that is literally what I was choking down, just thinking about like how in the last couple of weeks, without much of an excuse, my kind of nutritional status and cooking aptitude had declined quite severely um but this while in clerkships i've actually like made a point to try a lot of new recipes eat healthy mix it up um but it's kind of time intensive like going on pinterest is kind of a dying art i feel like but going and like locating things that i want to make or things that are feasible to like make a lot of store be able to freeze like reheat on weeks that i don't have a lot of time so i was like other med students have this problem um certain forums online are always students asking about food things or cooking crock pots so i was like why don't we just tap all of these wonderful resources i.e listeners that we have and put together like a med student cookbook Mm. for like those of us that don't have a lot of time um but want to maybe not die of early coronary artery disease um although we're willing to take your unhealthy recipes too yeah so it's a great idea we we uh i was very excited about this um just because it sounds like a fun thing to to put together um, so here's uh, how this works. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna give this a shot. I think it's I think it has legs, it has serious legs. Just talking before the show about the various things that you guys have eaten um, <laughs> on our, on you know on the regular. Never have I ever right. gone to Wendy's and bought three baconators <laughs> and eaten them yeah. in one sitting. My fingers down. Huh? So here's how this works. Head on over to theshortcoat.com. Click on the orange send in a recipe button on the right hand side of the screen. The more recipes we get, the better this project will be. And in the end, we'll have recipes from me, our co-hosts, our listeners in the final product. Everyone who submits a recipe will get a copy for free in whatever form we d- eventually decide to make this thing. Could be a physical book, could be an ebook. I don't even know. 
I just don't know how this is going to go, but I'm loving this idea a lot. And what the heck, I'm going to send you a key fob if you submit a recipe. So include your contact information if that's something that you want. Um, and we'll be trying out recipes on the show, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? yes. Mm-hmm. I've you know, already submitted. I'm going to put some healthier stuff in, like lentils and vegetables and things. Mm-hmm. But I submitted my cake for one last mm. night that... Uh, if you're just sitting at home and you're like, wow, I have no cake, but I do have flour Boom. <laughs> and a microwave, and you can make just a cake me. for just you <laughs> and you will be. I can't wait to try this recipe because I have tried to make cake in a mug before just on like, just like on common sense, <laughs> i.e. things that I don't know about cooking and uh, hasn't worked so always worked so well. So. It's all about proportions. Yeah. You can do a exactly. lot of microwaves. Exactly. The propor- it's the proportions, I think, are the key. And I was just fumbling around in the dark. So <laughs> uh, this is fantastic. I can't wait to uh, to see how this comes out. Listeners, it's up to you to uh, to make this go. So, Mark, what are you submitting? Uh, well, we were talking about this earlier. I think you need to have sections within the uh, cookbook. Yeah. Maybe there's a health eating part. There's a crock part and like how desperate part. are you right? yeah like, and then there'll be maybe a little budget is a little low? a little section yeah for you know in the index we could just have like amounts of time that you have and then yeah. you can turn to that section be like, how okay, bad yeah. are things time effort <laughs> yeah. yeah like uh choose your own adventure kind exactly. of <laughs> one of my go-to recipes it's uh it's called prison pad thai <laughs> This is major spoiler, by it's the way. It's delicious. Um, so you Peaking take, a, you know, any ramen. Go ahead and cook it up as normal per the instructions on the container. Then you drain like 75% of the water. Leave 25. Got to keep it in the pan. Add some peanut butter. Shelf stable. Don't need a fridge. Now you got yourself a good sauce going. <laughs> yes. Get some peanuts. Crush those up in the bag. You got to get the single serving because those are, you know, the easy ones to buy. Mm-hmm. Provides texture, a, yeah, crunch. Adds a little texture on it. I think that's what my version of this is missing. So and then if you're feeling super fancy, get yourself an egg. Cook yes. that up, yeah. sunny side up. Boom, got yourself some pad thai. And I have another version. Pad thai must be a popular one. So I like scramble my egg and then throw in some canned chicken, also shelf stable for like at least two years. And then I have chicken pad thai. <laughs> <laughs> There's a distinct lack oh, of ingredients in that one, but with, you know. Well, no, with the other ingredients and oh, some okay. sriracha. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, oh yeah, the, sriracha like, is, sriracha is a wonderful substance. The sriracha. lime juice that looks like a lime. Right, right. Because actual limes, like who has time? Yeah, they no. all go bad. Who has time? No. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this comes out. I think it's going to be awesome. Everybody who submits one, please add at the end of every recipe salt to taste, comma. Oh with my tears. gosh. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Many tears. Oh, brilliant. Speaking of health, ortho residents always at the hospital. And when they're not, they're sleeping. As a large part of, uh, as my understanding, is a large part of the first and second year of or an ortho residency or residency in general just spent on 24 hour shifts responding to uh, the emergency department or for consults or whatever. Um, and there's just no time for much beyond that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, problem is, doesn't leave a time, doesn't leave any time for the all important workout routine. And we know how ortho residents love their workouts. So, fortunately, science is on the case. An article in the HS, HSS Journal, uh, which I don't know what that stands for. I think it's like I don't think it's a real highly specialized <laughs> surgery or something. 
It was, I don't know, it was in PubMed, so I assume that there's some... Is it a predatory journal? I don't know. Uh, It offers up the the orthopedic resident on-call workout. Using materials commonly available to the ortho resident, the authors (laughs) came up with what seems like a gym for the busy resident. For instance, a stockinette filled with two three-liter... Two three-liter irrigation bags makes a makeshift kettlebell. Uh, For suspended upper body exercises like dips and shoulder shrugs, you can use a walker. I can see that. <laughs> and they have they have uh, images, which is just yeah. so beautiful. In fact, I've done that. I was a I'm CNA at, at a nursing home, and there's walkers everywhere. And I was I, I can I can testify that that works. This That's why you're so ripped. Great form. That's, yeah. uh, an S mark bandage, S march maybe bandage can be tied to things like door handles, making a therapy band so you can do seated rows, shoulder curls, bicep curls. <laughs> throw it over a shower rod to do lat pull downs. Uh, of course, you know, crunches, push-ups, stretching. I don't need any special substitution. Oh. Just a blanket on the floor will do. That's hilarious. Oh, man. The authors hope that by presenting this sample fitness routine, they'll help inspire further research to quantify the benefits of on-call exercise. I bet the fitness That's equipment sick. lobby is up in arms about this. <laughs> How dare I, you? Yeah, right. Here's the thing I don't understand. Process. Like, if, if you have a stockinette filled with two three-liter bags of uh, irrigation whatever yeah saline saline uh and you break it yeah you puncture that bag how are you going to explain to your boss that you just you know wasted this money or you break the walker even worse you break the walker while doing your freaking they have some of the uh shoulder exercises the person's in the shower using like a shower head or something shower rod shower shower rod is that what it is imagine 5 a.m you're exhausted you're just over everything (laughs) you just want to take a shower and go home like one of the other interns is working david i'd be infuriated i'd just be like get out of here are you doing or you broke the shower rod yeah the the curtain rod those ortho dudes are big by dudes i mean ladies and gentlemen but i'm just saying what i would say is like if there's one group that might be receptive to uh breaking things when you're trying to get swole it's probably the ortho department (laughs) so they'd probably be most okay with that out of most all right all right fair enough fair enough um new york times is an interesting article that suggests the nih's medical research grant system may be failing in its mission to spur innovation and foster research careers. I'm glad we have Aline, who's uh, arrived, Mm. to uh, maybe weigh in on this. Uh, So first, you need to know that funding in the U.S. for research has risen only 0.8% year-to-year from 2004 to 2012. Obviously, it's not keeping up with inflation, which uh, looks like in the second decade, looks like maybe 2%. um, Second decade of the 21st century looks like about 2% per year. Uh, so all that means that the NIH basically can fund 23% less research dollars these days. Um, that means it takes longer for MD PhDs to get their first, to get their first funding for their research. So the system favors older people, more experienced researchers who already have a history, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and other grants. So that's one problem. Okay. Right. Then the other problem is that even the peer review process can't distinguish reliably between good research and bad research. Um, And this particular study basically looked at proposals that had been funded. So these are all good proposals. Mm -hmm. Um, Some had been funded for the first time or some had some were funded the first time they were submitted. Others were funded after resubmission. And they put those proposals through this 
through a mock study section. This is the process by which funding is decided to be given or not. So people sit and, you know, rate things and there's a system involved and it's very complicated. Um, but basically what it comes down to is if you score high, you get money. If you score low, you get nothing. Um, they were using actual researchers as the scores and there was no agreement at all, no correlation, zero between those doing the scoring on the quality of any application that they looked at. Damn. There was even no agreement on the ones that were funded for the second time versus ones that were after the second application versus ones that were funded after the first application. Zero agreement. Are the people that they're using to judge the applications area experts or are they from a They were area system? experts. Okay. Um, they were content area experts, yeah. Okay. And, and they didn't know that these had been funded before. It's not like they knew these had been funded before. So. Right. Oh, I see. So they were kind of blind. They were kind of blindly doing it. How did they select? So at the beginning, you were saying they were all good research or well. Well, they were good in the sense that they had been funded. Insofar as they've been funded. Right. Because isn't this just kind of a redundant repetition? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're kind of just running it through the same system. Like it got money. It's good. We'll resubmit it. But the point is that they could, that, that even on, even these that had been funded, which you could say, okay, these are of good quality because they were funded. Even then people couldn't agree on whether they were fundable or not. Because mm. um, wouldn't one be able to make the argument that they were arbitrarily funded in the first place? Yes. So hence the whole thing. I guess that could about. also, yeah. And that's one of the things that the article pointed out was that, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's an inherent absurdity to like right. continuing. Um, it's like Wittgenstein's book. It just explodes when you read it. There's at the end, there, you realize there's no meaning. There's also less money to go around, so the system favors starts to favor low risk research at a certain point. You know, so you know the whole point of this system when it was set up back when you know half of studies were funded was to encourage people to take risks on their research so that they could innovate. Well, if you've got half of what you had in the beginning now, then the pot of money is smaller. You're going to you're going to want to fund research that is more likely to, to yield to yield results rather than a null. Mm -hmm. Because the actual system isn't blinded as to who's submitting. Um, it can also be biased against women and minorities, which many other studies have shown. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's a real thing. I didn't know it was uh, it wasn't blinded. That's interesting. Mm hmm. Well, Dave, at least we have a we have an administration that's pro science. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. Oh, no, we don't. Uh, we don't. Throwing we don't. salt you, in my wound. You must be thinking of other administrations. Yes, I was. So I was. What are what are the reasons for not blinding it? I don't actually know. I think um, I'm not sure either. I mean, this system was set up. I'm not actually sure when the system was set up. I was trying to come up with some historical explanation, like we didn't have racism back then. <laughs> 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 That's ah, but um, yeah, I don't have the answer to that question. I guess maybe historically there wasn't a need to blind, you what? know, who was submitting these proposals because the it field was all was white so... men. <laughs> yeah, they probably all kind of knew each other and they knew each other's work and it's a small community. The community is really small. Yeah, That's and true. so. There was no point because you could probably tell from the application who was submitting. Mm. Actually, that's a good point, too, because you're right. Some of these areas are really small. Like, you know, in audiology research, for instance, I know that there's a very small group of, of people and they all they are they all really know each other. Really I think it's well. generally true for, I mean, most scientific communities, mm. you know, mm -hmm. it's just they all feel small after you're in there for a while. 
there's mm -hmm. a few different um, ideas as to how to take care of some of these problems, but I'm not sure <laughs> how I feel about them. One proposal suggests funding researchers and not research. I'm not sure how that works. Um, another suggests that a percentage of available funds be put to a vote of all scientists. Also, <laughs> all, not sure what that all, means. Just all, all just scientists. all of them, like mad scientists. Bust your card out. <laughs> like, do I qualify because I'm doing some research? Scientologists. Right I don't know. Ooh. Christian Day. scientists yeah, and scientists. There you go. Ben uh, Carson. Still, uh, oh god, I still, could go. I could go all day. I'm sorry. Still no, others. he's a housing expert now. Yes, he's yes, head yes. of HUD. So. Yeah, yeah. Yes. you know. True, because he's you know. Oh, never mind. Clearly. Still, others suggest that after a first cut, the top fifty percent of proposals will be funded by lottery. So you. So that's another, it's another idea. So that gets us back to the 50-50 thing that we used to have, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I love any of those proposals, but you know, what do I know? I I'm don't not, love I'm not any a scientist. Of like just, just a lottery system. Just a lottery. Yeah. Well, hey, everyone if, has equal chances. If it's, if it's, it's if it's basically by chance anyway. Exactly. I think the solution is we actually need more lawmakers who are pro-science, so that the funding will ultimately, hopefully, increase. That would be. Yeah, the big, the big. Uh, that'd be a thing big is, goal. is like yeah. scientists don't typically go into politics. We need and more. And our people that go into politics are all about like downplaying the evidence if it goes against their will. Exactly, they're lawyers, and lawyers are paid to argue one side or the other. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. to obey their conscience. I don't think they have evidence-based clinical practice sessions every other week in law school. No, <laughs> they're not all lawyers, though. You know. That's true. Yeah. You know. But it would be nice to have lawmakers who just like on a really fundamental level understood how science worked and how risky it is and how you could, you know, sink a lot of resources into a project and not have it pan out despite it looking really good on paper. Mm -hmm. But and the to be fair, of... Lean, I went to college for five years and I still don't know how science works. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and But there's also value. Uh, but to... you made it here. So you're good. You get you get it enough. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Sucker. Oh, uh, anyway, yeah. Well, there's, and there's also value to to research that doesn't pan out. So you know you can't be averse to to research well, that doesn't pan out. Yeah. So the trick now with writing proposals um, or the strategy is to propose experiments that you know no matter what happens, it will be informative. You know, you, you may not prove your hypothesis correct, but you'll still gather interesting information mm -hmm. that can then provoke more questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, maybe a positive outcome of the, these incentives that we've applied to the way people, you know, propose their work or sell their work is that, okay, I might not be exactly right about what the disease process is, but this will tell us more. Right. Negative can, results can be beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can we not do that on our exams? Like, I got this question wrong, <laughs> yes. but here's what I was thinking, and it now tells me that this is definitely not the answer. So, boom, yeah. credit given. Well, yeah. okay. A little after the fact, extra credit. That's why emergency medicine is the best. You don't have to I'll, figure out what it is. I'll just tell you what it's not. You just have to patch them <laughs> or out. Or I'm going to yeah. consult tell you it's the not experts. a heart attack. It's not a stroke. <laughs> so it sounds like you can see someone in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> so get the hell out of here. Oh, I wouldn't go no. that far. Yeah, but. no, because then there was like that news story of the doctor in San Jose this week. Oh, who, yeah. Uh, she's an ER doc came in guy was having like a panic attack and whatnot and she was just like openly mocking him while she was examining him and then his dad was filming it so i mean she's out of a job now and there's a whole conversation surrounding is she just burned out or is this really patient's fault and kind of the realization of 
She was it, spectacularly burned out of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I missed that. I didn't see this. It goes a little beyond. Yeah. I yeah. mean, really just. She was just and laying into this guy who was yeah. having a panic attack. I mean, always going to be on film. Pulling like, him assume up. that these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if not on someone's cell phone, then some kind of like CCTV footage, you know, serious. with audio. Speaking so. of speaking of being filmed doing bad things, the uh, did you hear about the dancing doctor? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That yeah. that is out of control. She is. She's not a surgeon, and she's a dermatologist offering surgical procedures yeah. Yeah. out of her office, which is not equipped. So one of her patients had gone into arrest during one of her procedures, and when EMS arrived, they could not fit the stretcher in the elevator. This patient being coded had to be carried down the stairs, mm-hmm. is what I like read online. Did the patient make it? I don't know. I uh yeah she was she was basically she like she she wanted to go viral I think oh my god and so she is that is that what it was I guess so she she wanted to, she wanted to like she was she was trying to like do the Doctor Pimple Popper effect where basically like you know she's known for Doctor Pimple Popper you don't know have about Doctor Pimple no. Popper oh, Sandra Lee have as you as an been? EM guy you gotta love a good abscess Doctor Pimple Popper it's just like my catharsis at night isn't there a class. That includes watching her YouTube videos because there? there should be. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was an actual thing. <laughs> no, I was like, I was not not yeah. there for that. But so she was, to my knowledge, right? She was filming these videos like with the patient, you know, on the table without their consent. Yeah, yeah. Really. Like their ass mm. exposed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's like this, cutting this on them, doing is doing something that she's not really allowed to do. And was she that good of a dancer? I, I don't think it matters. She was going wild. Yeah. The real, the real tragedy. She was dancing while cutting people what as well. Is, oh, really? There were like, there were like complications people. too on these, yeah. some of these procedures. Oh, yeah. Like there were bad outcomes for patients. Like yeah. It's, yeah. One, it's it one thing if you're doing good work and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when your butt ends up lopsided because she was doing the Bernie. Yeah, she was doing plastic surgery on people. As a dermatologist, I mean, that's... It's interesting. So I didn't know this until a couple months ago. You can kind of bill yourself or advertise yourself as whatever type of physician you want you just can't say you're board certified oh like you can get your that's true you can do a general medicine just intern year bail and just be like yeah i'm a cardiologist (laughs) and it's not illegal it's just you can't say you're board certified do you think it's harder to get malpractice insurance oh i I imagine it's like devastatingly difficult examine the scope of your practice before they give you malpractice insurance absolutely i'm sure there's probably things that hold you out that way if i know with the surgical stuff trying to get privileges anywhere is going to be impossible yeah but yeah i learned that while talking to someone that was a their uh college sports med like well there was somebody there was not sports med trained yeah well, there are so many that? things you could do in medicine that you that there aren't there isn't a board to certify yeah. you in. So, isn't you know. that better than the government meddling in your business though and trying to tell you how to live I your thought, life? Well, I mean, if four years ago, board certificate, like all I, that, that didn't mean anything to me. Those mm-hmm. were all just like, yeah, I, I just assume all physicians were board know, certified. Yeah. The powers that be, I guess, to know if I you know, make sure boards. that they're good. Big, yeah, yeah, big deal. Yeah. There was there was an MD PhD from a university that I will not name who came here to like, you know, chit chat with students recently and they were more research heavy than clinical practice, but they like openly admitted that like they were practicing their specialty without having been but they were obviously very good at their job like they never had an incident but it was their way of kind of rebelling against a system mm-hmm. that at times definitely can be predatory and is being good at your job the same as like never having an incident. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the two are not. 
hand in hand. That's true. That's fair. Well, there's a lot of critique about the board certification oh, yeah. system. I think it, it's yeah. it's costs a lot of money. Yeah. It's, it's super time intensive. It takes time away from you seeing patients, you know, doing the thing that you were supposed to do with your job. Yeah. We've um, experienced so. that with like step two CS. Yes. And I mean, the stuff has showed it's not in any way going to make us a better, more competent doctor. And yet we're paying through the nose for it. So yeah. trickle yeah. down. Well, it will weed That's... out some of the complete crazies probably. <laughs> Hopefully the school would do that. Yeah, you're right. I, I haven't Year taken four, it yet. That's yeah. Dan's job, yeah. David. <laughs> I love the beauty of uh, everybody passes it. We don't need to take it. All right. We'll f- just fail more of you. <laughs> they just yeah. raise the standard to fail more people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wh- you know, if you're an axe murderer and the person evaluating you is an axe murderer, then it really doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Right. So that is a good point. Yeah. We need fewer axe murderers. Yeah. Oh, has anyone seen that Mike, Mike Myers movie so i married an axe sure, murderer sure. oh classic oh my god when was that made like probably 92? late 80s or early 90s i want to say 87 or 88 let's find out yeah that would be around the time i entered college so. that would be around the time i was born i was yeah i was gonna say i was born in 88 dave suck it wow I feel old wow we're this almost the same age really when's your birthday uh, uh hey i'm older i'm your older uh but I was born in 87. Ah, Pull it. Never mind. Oh. Take it back. And, I'm sorry. So I, I I, really shouldn't have said my age on the air because I've been really secretive about it because I decided this year that I would start lying about how old I was. And it <laughs> Next doesn't year, start work lying. if you keep telling people what year you were born in. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, these, ki- these day kids are not very good at math. So like you tell anyone under the age of like 21 your age, I feel like they're just going to or show them an analog clock. Like, they have no idea. Your secret is safe with listen, them. Listen well, okay. to the old woman over there. No, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I don't remember where I was, but these kids were, like, staring at the clock, could not figure out what time it was. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> they were predicting that would be a problem way back when I was a kid, too. Like, nice. digital watches. Like, people, kids aren't going to know how to tell forget, time. And it won't matter. It's It's true. I am excited. Speaking of getting old, though, to tell my kids. So, you know, the old thing that, let's say, our grandparents would tell us of like, oh, I walked uphill in the snow yeah, yeah. and this is that. To tell them, I would drive to work X amount of miles and I had to hold the steering wheel the whole time. <laughs> I had to watch the road in case anybody would just come barreling into me. And, and I could go, only use adaptive crazy, cruise Grandpa. control on the and highway. And just ignore me and go back to just zipping around with everything being automated. I didn't have this fancy keyless entry. Back in my yeah. day, you had to put the key in the ignition we had like these. a real American. <laughs> <laughs> What's America, Grandma? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Oh, I scared a couple of the EM doctors one day when I was talking to a patient and like found out he had studied Russian and I was like, oh, привет, меня зовут Kylie. And they like turned their heads like, why do you know Russian? I was like, it's the language of the future. Nice. <laughs> oh my God. They were nice. very concerned. Oh. <laughs> hey, and it's potentially it, true. In its meeting last week in Chicago, the American Medical Association's House of Delegates I was there, by the way. Has, <laughs> really? has voted oh, okay. to call bag. for a ban on the sale and ownership of assault weapons. Uh, oh, wow. So they're going all... They, it seems like they're going all in. Policies also include taking guns away from those at risk of committing violence, expanding domestic violence restraining orders to include dating partners, 
recognizing how firearms are used in suicide and opposing the arming of school teachers. The proposed ban on assault weapons would include uh, high-capacity magazines, bump stocks, armor-piercing bullets. They're just uh, they're just laying waste to the whole American dream right there. Yeah. Okay, so I have a theory about this. Mm. I think a lot of these so-called announcements, you know, calling for the a ban on these sort of weapons, I think those are actually directly funded by the NRA because every time an mm-hmm. announcement is made like that, gun sales go way up. Oh, you, this yeah. is a good conspiracy theory. Every single theory. time. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, Freakonomics has a really good podcast regarding that. And oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they show kind of on a statistical basis of how many news stories and calls for bans occur and then sales. And then the big thing that they focused on was ammunition. Mm. And it skyrockets around certain periods. It's very interesting, yeah. Hmm. yeah. What I would say to that point, though, is that... Um, that that kind of announcement gets made by a bunch of voters in the AMA, and they they vote on whether or not to adopt that resolution. Mm-hmm. So, with the case of the AMA, that's probably not the case. Fair but yeah. <laughs> you may have a point with other things. So, were my you favorite, actually there? Did I, I actually was there? Oh yeah. wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite tweet of the week was uh, someone asking, "Who has the most annoying fan base?" And someone retweeted the, the Second Amendment. <laughs> uh, I was like, true nice. and very true. Uh well, it's pretty funny. Let's hope that this has uh, this has some effect. Yeah, that's not including um, increasing gun violence. It's- All right, we're gonna play a game. Play a game of Doctor Forehead. Oh, how many of these do I? How many of these? We just need one each. Oh, one each. Thank okay. you. Thank we're you. passing around some rubber bands for you to put onto well, your onto your heads. For those of you at home, these are not normal rubber bands. I'm looking at something that would easily fit around my thigh. Yeah, it's big. Yes. I wanted to I wanted to make it not uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would. yeah um, also, I was thighs. skeptical for myself at first. I was like, "There's no way." It would. Okay. Also, <laughs> as background, uh, these rubber particular rubber bands were bought by the College of Medicine more than 16 years ago because they have been here since I began whoa, my job. Whoa, whoa, this rubber whoa, band whoa, is whoa. older than my siblings. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's you, there is a strong Did you possible. file the right paperwork to acquire these to get transferred to your department though? Uh, somebody, somebody apparently, the, the legend is that some student worker decided we needed rubber bands and ordered a zillion boxes. I thought they were a little stiff. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, I had a feeling these weren't new. These, so stale rubber. So bands. here's how this game. <laughs> As Mark eats them, guys, we need your recipes. Yes. <laughs> here's how this works. I have a stack of cards here. On those cards are written something medical, could be a concept, a thing, a person, all related to medicine. You will each take turns taking a card without looking at it, putting it on your forehead, so everybody but you can see it. Oh, I see. Your job is to guess what's on the card by asking yes or no questions. You have 60 seconds. Bonus points to anyone who can tell me why this thing was in the news this week. So, Dave, you've never had long hair, have you? Just put it on. I, it hurts. It it's really, going to hurt. It does hurt. I don't feel pain anymore. If you're a woman and you've ever t- tried to tie your hair with a rubber band. Oh, like a legit rubber rubber band. Yeah. Damn. It will rip your hair out. Damn millennials. Yeah. Such it wimps. Huh. All right, here, I'm going to pass you a card. Don't Don't look at it. Just flip it over and put it on your forehead. Is it in the right orientation? No. Uh, uh, there you there go. go. Yeah. There you go. Hot dog, not hamburger. <laughs> Mark is looking really, really good with this uh, rubber band. Everyone looks good with a little rubber band on the forehead. Like we're about to jazzercise. With or without the rubber band, I look great. 
Let's start with Aline's. What's on Aline's head? Uh, Aline, go ahead and uh, and try to elicit some some information about your. Am am I a person? No. no. Am I a thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Am I an alive thing? Yes. You would be. I think so. Okay. So I'm a living being. Uh, being. Uh, we can't say it. We just. Uh, do do would I qualify as living? Yes. 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 Okay. So I'm not a virus. I don't think you're gonna get this. Mm. Sorry to be disheartening. Seriously, that's kind of bitchy, but okay. Do I smell good? No. Okay. I wouldn't no. expect you to, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I'm technically alive, but I'm not a person, and I smell bad. Um, am I a medical procedure? No. Mm, absolutely not. Am I a piece of tissue? Mm-mm. No. No. Am I an action? No. 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 Dave, any input? Um, you do the whole animal, animal, vegetable, mineral thing. Oh, am I an animal? No. No. Am I a vegetable? Yes. Vegetation? Yeah. Oh, am I? Oh, am I in a persistent vegetative state? Wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I'm confused. Are these medical things? Yeah, these are all medically related oh. topics. I get the other two. Have you ever heard of what I am? No. No. That's oh, an right. excellent question. All right. <laughs> well, if you guys don't know it, how am I supposed to know? That, you're getting a PhD, Aline. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I will give you the answer. Put no, your, can okay. you give us a hint? Okay. I will give you a hint. Uh, this is a noxious... Um, see, I'm just giving it away. If you don't know the answer... All right. You can just tell me. I'll just tell you. Yours is giant hogweed. Now the reason this sounds was, like something from Harry Potter. Does anybody know? <laughs> yeah, now yeah. that I've said that, Prisoner do you know, Aline, why it was in the news? Did you read about no. why it was in the news? Well, this is in the news because um, it's been found in Virginia this week. Giant hogweed. Oh, that's what that is. Yes, giant hogweed is a plant, uh, the sap of which causes a phytophotodermic reaction in humans, resulting in third-degree burns and blindness. Giant hogweed was among many foreign plants introduced to Britain in the 19th century as ornamental plants, and they're now spreading in the U.S. Woof. Problematic. Is it persistent blindness? Uh, Yeah, I mean, basically it causes third-degree burns. It's actually oink. It's... I would so. really like to play. Aline, the don't game take it off. You've got, I've got to give where you another. Oh. Can I Actually, we'll just see. Okay. Um, all right. I Next, we'll go, go with uh, Mark. I have 60 seconds? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, am I a uh, human? No. No. Uh, am I alive? No. No. Am I uh, animate, like able to move around? No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. Not That's the problem. All. That is the problem. All right. <laughs> Was I ever alive? No. No. Okay. Uh, is it medical? Well, it's obviously medically oriented. Yes. Am I a tool? No. No. Am I something that is viewed or looked at <laughs> no ideally no uh, on an abdomen film you could oh. go to the hospital mm. and get it checked out okay so am i a uh within a human body yes. oh yeah okay am i uh within a human body in a normal state no, no. okay no. am i a foreign object placed into a human body <laughs> no um, well the no. object is no. not foreign okay uh willfully put no Mm-mm. Uh, violent? No. No. Something. Kind of. A type of, yeah. Okay, uh, do I get a guess? So the the hint here is that you, you, if you want, if you have this problem, 
uh, somebody is going to have a very bad time in the emergency room or <laughs> elsewhere trying to help Someone you. everyone hates would be assigned to help you. So yeah. we were actually just discussing this and the fact that it's common for medical students on clerkships to develop this initially, and maybe it's remedied by a certain granola recipe. Okay, constipation? Yes! Yes. Yes. Constipation was in the news this week. In Australia, a 53-year-old took himself to the emergency room with abdominal pain that had been building for three days, swelling and nausea. A scan of his abdomen revealed he was suffering from a massive fecal compaction and potentially life-threatening abdominal compartment syndrome. He was losing feeling in his legs. Why is this new? Oh. He was losing feeling in his legs. Oh. I think it was in the news just because, you know, hey, constipation. I've never heard of, like, abdominal compartment syndrome or so much poop that would compress. Right. Yeah. So he had a, well, it, wow. the, the films are available for you to see if I you like. I should probably look at those before and they my are, exam. And to my unpracticed eye, something something ain't right. right. <laughs> a non-Shigella-derived right. megacolon. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's do um, Gabe then. No, let's yeah, let's do let's do uh, uh, Kylie. Kylie, what's on your forehead? Um, am I a person? Yes, I think so. I don't know. Okay, am I someone in the medical profession? Yes. Yes. Am I after a good start? A trained professional of some kind? Yes. Indeed. Am I generally well liked? Yes. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Perhaps even loved. I'll give you that. Am I the nurse that delivers opioids? No, no. Um, that was specific. <laughs> <laughs> we love those people. Uh, oh, gosh, this is rough. Am I uh, on general, like, staff at a hospital usually? You are. Up until now, up until recently. This is, and we should say, this is a particular person. This is a yeah. named individual. Oh, a named individual. Yeah. I was say that. Am, yeah. I, am I the dermatology butt surgeon lady? Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> You are famous, though. I am famous and was recently employed at a hospital until now. Am I Coco the gorilla? No. Oh, okay. Oh, that would have been good. R.I.P. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) I'm just shaking up. When we answered that, you were at a hospital until, like, recently something changed. I don't know. You're probably not at a hospital anymore, right? I uh, I still has... You teaching. have your day yeah. job, okay. but you are... Am I here at Iowa, or am no. I, like, known nationally? nationally? Nationally. Maybe even internationally. That's, like, a not a yes or no question, but we'll give it to you in the interest of time. Oh, I am I I feel like I'm going to know this as All soon right. as I'm not I think on that's time is up. Uh, this is Atul Gawande. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love him. Yeah. Mm. Who, who doesn't love Atul Gawande? Surgeon, author, and checklist evangelist Atul oh, Gawande. Yeah. Pick to lead the... Healthcare venture formed by online giant Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, and J.P. Morgan. Uh, They want to have him devote his the rest of his career to uh, building scalable solutions for better healthcare delivery that are saving lives, reducing suffering, and eliminating wasteful spending, both in the U.S. and across the world. So with anyone, I'd be like really skeptical of like losing a good person to this, but I feel like he could make it work. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, th- he's going to do it well. This group that they've made, though, they're so vague in what their goals are. That's the thing that disappoints yeah. me. Yeah, it's well, so- I, I I think there's more to be, I think from my, I'm reading between the lines of the artic- two articles I read, so I don't have a whole lot, but it seems like they are being a little cagey about what the deal is. Oh, okay. um, but they seem to have big goals towards changing mm-hmm. healthcare. Well, I mean, in terms of their employee base, because I, I was, I remember I was in Bloomberg News in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I remember when they announced it, um, 
they were talking about finding solutions for their own employee base, and they were going to use that as leverage. So it sounded almost like an insurance. I'm not really sure why something. I told Gawande would yeah, sign on for that. Yeah, and that's the thing is, yeah. So he doesn't strike me as an individual that would be super into, you right. know, sitting down with. And in his statement, he basically put it in much broader terms. So I'm hoping that whatever they do will be sort of informed by the wider world. Mm-hmm. Let's do one more. We'll do Gabe. What's okay. on Gabe's head? Since Kylie's gone, you have to help too, Dave. Um, am I a person? I have to read it, yeah. Is that a name? Oh, okay. It's it's blank or blank. Uh Either one gotcha. was acceptable. Gotcha, gotcha, mm. gotcha. Person? No. Place? No. no. Thing? Yes. Yes. Am I alive? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in the human body? You can be. Mm-hmm. Bacteria? No. Mm. Am I uh, a specific, th- am I a, th- a thing that causes illness to humans? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I a fungus? No. Mm. Am I a... Uh, you are... On the right you're, track, yeah, I will say. Um, I mean, you just gotta basically go through the taxonomy. Yeah. Am I uh what? Okay. A thing that causes disease that's not a bacteria, not a fungus. Right, okay. Am I and is am I a virus? You guys yeah. said I'm not alive. Um You are alive. Yeah, yeah, I am alive. Um See, isn't it better just to figure out what it's not? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um <laughs> uh, let's see here. Am I um, a single-celled organism? No. Mm-mm. That should. So am I multicellular? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. Oh, am I like a mosquito? Mm-hmm. No. no. So I'm not. Am I an animal? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, am I an insect? No. Am I like v- visible to the naked eye? Mm-mm. Okay. Oh well, depends. Can be. can be actually. If I'm in a colony, if there's a lot of me, am I invisible? But yes. like by myself, I'm not. I don't know if they're usually colonies, but uh, who knows? What do I know? You would be visible. Yeah. Plasma, like a plasma, plasmodium thing. You're getting closer there, right? Multicellular. Multicellular, yes. Let's see. What else? We we need to give him a A hint. A multicellular organism that's not... I'm not naked. I'm not. You're missing a big class of multicellular organism disease causing that are also creatures that are animals in the animal kingdom. Gosh, this is a bummer. Um, I think you're going to kick yourself. I think I am too. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tapeworm. I'm a oh, so I'm a parasite. Yeah, parasitic. You're a, but I'm not visible to the naked eye. Yeah. Uh, do I inhabit like? I don't think you're going to get the specific thing. I don't think so either. I don't even know it. Yeah, uh, I th- we'll we'll stop here. The, this is a parasitic worm, Dirophilaria ripens, and it's in the news because a woman documented a lump under her skin for weeks uh, with selfies before doctors were able to remove it. Didn't stay in one place, according to the case report in the New England nice. Journal of Medicine. The lump appeared. Uh, after the woman visited uh, a rural area outside Moscow, it was started out as a small bump under her left eye. Oh. Five days oh. later, it appeared above the eye. Uh, her upper lip was bulging. Ten days later after that, doctors ultimately found a uh, parasitic worm known as uh, Darophilaria in under her skin that just been moving around and having a good having a good old time. Uh, oh, oh. Just riding cool. the skin train. Let's oh. do one more, just to just to round out the hour, and just because I love this one. Yes. I'm gonna give yes. this one to Aline. 
Alrighty then. Okay. Why was this in the news, Aline? Uh, all right. Am I a person? No. Am I a thing? Yes. Yes. Am I oh, alive? I got keep going. Keep. No. You wouldn't be alive. No. I wouldn't be alive. Might be alive things in you. I was I living? No. No. Oh, okay. So I'm a thing, but I'm not alive, and there are living things in me. Uh, am I one-celled or multicellular? Neither. Neither. Okay, so I'm an object. Well, you're a you're a bi- you're a byproduct, let's say. Oh, okay. Am I poop? No. No. Oh. Am I urine? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. But That's a specific kind. Uh, from a specific yeah now animal, we'll say you can, we'll go that far. A specific animal. Oh. Uh, am I? Ooh. Am I like from a fish? No. no. <laughs> Am I urine? Well, I don't know a... why that's funny why she went to fish. You know? I, don't know. I guess fish pee. <laughs> like, yeah, nit- nitrogenous compounds, yeah, yeah, ammonia. Yeah. Uh, am I urine from a person? No. no. Am I urine from a dog? Yes, yes you are. You are. Okay. Dog wow. urine was oh. in the was in the uh, was in the news this week because of a viral video. It's making the rounds uh, online of a woman claiming that the secret to her glow is none other than dog urine. In the video, the woman collects her dog's urine and then drank the entire cup in one go oh, as we I were watched like in a, shock. Like a salve. Yeah, yeah, she said, uh, until I drank my dog's pee, I was depressed, I was sad, I had really bad acne. Dog pee also has vitamin A in it, vitamin E in it, and has 10 grams of calcium, and it's proven to help cure cancer. So She said that. Yeah, this is what she said. Yeah, you I know, don't think I don't think science has said this. I'm just going to go out on a limb there, but I, I feel like before the internet, you know, people like that just kept to themselves. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't get together at the Marriott and have conferences <laughs> yeah, yeah. and explore the latest research in dog urine drinking and the health benefits <laughs> of such. But hey, if she feels that way, I mean, more power to you. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> As long as she's not like feeding it. I love to how her you couldn't kids. actually finish that thought. Like, if she feels that way. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably not going to kill her. Like, exactly. what? Well, like, why does she feel better? I'm kind of curious about why things are better now. No, I, I mean, the placebo effect is a pretty powerful That's thing. That's true. And it's not something that, you know, you should just totally ignore. That's true. So, also, urine is sterile. Yeah. I mean, it's got ammonia exactly. in it. Probably. Yeah, it's sterile if you, the animal it comes from is healthy. Yes, that's true. Right? Yeah. I don't know if you can always assume that. She sounds health conscious, so she probably does take her dog regularly to a vet. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm surprised but. that I mean, do we? Do, is it true that urine has vitamin A and E and all yeah, this crap? Yeah, like all well, those things she said. I'm not sure. What I was thinking, I'm surprised that she brings up A and E and all those, and not all the B vitamins, because I feel like you know you're gonna <laughs> right. tee out all your B vitamins. <laughs> right. yeah, it's probably chock true. full of those, but the fat solubles those, those I feel are like to be a little got, harder to get from the urine. If you've got vitamin A, fat soluble vitamins in your urine, it's gonna be uh, you've got a problem somewhere. Well, I, I particularly yeah. love how she. That's she, my issue, she, not she, the urine, but the uh, yeah. what am I getting at? She makes the her, accuracy yeah. of the nutrients. <laughs> she makes her claims about the vitamins as if that's the big deal, and then she says, "And it cures cancer." <laughs> if you're, I don't know if you're interested yeah. in that, but has yeah. the vitamins. There you go. Also cures cancer. How does she know she had cancer and that it was reasonably, like, hey. provably cured it's by just drinking in case kind of thing? I mean, you you want to be prepared for cancer, and and the best way to prepare for that. Drinking dog piss. Dog so piss. I, well, I was, I thought she was. It was gonna go like spread, you know, like or a like, like, a, like, a, like a hair mask or, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's or like, a, I don't know. She used it to like as like a, a shaving cream or yeah. something. Yeah, that will be on our next show. Woof. We use uh, admi- uh, we use admission staff urine and I also to uh, cure our diseases. <laughs> 
this made me wonder about her collection process because dogs aren't, you know, the dog isn't going to be like, hey, owner, I'm peeing now. <laughs> Go grab your cup. So she must have been like very quick with a cup. Oh, he's about to pee. Oh, that's true. You know, then what? catching that just as it's about to hit the fire hydrant. You're, uh, yeah. you're have, skeptical of this whole thing. Have you no, ever I'm not skeptical. I'm just wondering how she did it. Yeah. As a as a society, drinking milk, who was the first person that like looked out Somebody into the world and said- Somebody had to be first. That's that's I'm gonna try that out. Yeah, because yeah. it would have never occurred to me. Look to at like, that liquid squirting out of that yeah. animal. I think that looks like a good the idea. Calf looks pretty happy. Yeah. I think I will be too. <laughs> Just went for it. Yeah, there's always that question: Who's the first person to decide to crack a lobster open and shove it in their face? Right? Ah, uh, I mean, they're ocean cockroaches. They're gross. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the origin of all of our OSHA regulations, but in reverse, where like it actually worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the argument could be made at this point that we will never discover a new food because we're not allowed to eat these things anymore. Mm. Well, if you've made it this far, don't forget to contribute your favorite recipes for a medical student success cookbook at theshortcoat.com. I want this to go. We're serious about this. We are serious yeah. about it. There's no dog urine including yeah. recipes, though. <laughs> the only way this happens is if you're a part of it. I'll send you an SCP key fob if you include your contact info, and every contributor gets a free copy of the final cookbook whenever that comes out. Meantime, we'll be putting a link to all the topics we've discussed in today's show at theshortcoat.com. But for now, that is our show. Aline, Kylie, Gabe, Mark, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Can I say, if you're going to give us a recipe that has dog pee, cite your sources. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And thank you listeners for making us a part of your week. If you like what you heard today, we hope we've earned your subscription. Not only do we give out free stuff, but we give free advice. If you uh, might need some free advice, I'm not going to guarantee it's good advice, but, you know, we'll do our best. Get us, get in touch with us at theshortcoats at gmail.com, or you can leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT, and we'll talk about it on the show. The show is made possible by a generous donation by the Carver College of Medicine student government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox, and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. Bye.